thank you very much. It's great to be here. What a great morning. And I'm just excited for what God does continue to do. Um, and just back to Lectio Divina, I'd really encourage you guys to um, try that and the other practices on the website. I have known that I found these simple tools really helpful just um, to be able to sit at his feet, especially in the moments where there's been worries or burdens or, or loneliness, and I feel them quite keenly, and the best thing that I can do is to sit at Jesus' feet, and there's just a plan of how to do that instead of just being like, God, what do I do? Um, so that's just really good. And these, the whole point of these practices is for us to look at Jesus, to sit at his feet, and to learn more about who he is and what that means for us. And that is exactly what we're doing with this series. We're getting to know Jesus. We're looking at different aspects of who Jesus is, and we're painting a vivid picture of what he is like. And we've looked at Jesus being gentle and humble. We've looked at him being the lion and the lamb. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at him being the suffering servant. And today, we're looking at Jesus being full of compassion. But what exactly is compassion? For me, it's one of those words where I I know what it means, kind of. I use it in my, um, probably not everyday language, but I use it as a word But if someone pushed me for a definition, I'd probably struggle to kind of give them an actual definition of what it was. Um, But I did some research and I've come up with a definition. Um, So compassion. It is a strong feeling of concern or sadness for someone who is suffering or in pain and the desire to want to help them. It isn't a light or fluffy emotion. The Greek word that we find in the Bible for compassion actually refers to the bowels or the guts of someone. It's right to the depths of a person. That compassion isn't a surface level emotion, but it stares from within, from the depths of us. One psychology magazine described it as to suffer together. Compassion is more than just feeling sympathy for someone or even empathizing with their situation. It's, it's that compassion is active. It moves us in t- towards the sin and suffering, towards the pain, and it moves us into the situation, not just to stand on the sidelines and say, oh, I'm really sorry, that's really tough. And when I pinned this down and kind of thought, oh, this sounds really big, I started to question how compassionate I am as a person. I don't have a heart made of stone. I'd like to think that I'm actually a pretty compassionate person. But I wonder how often I feel sympathy for someone or empathize with the situation, but actually I don't feel compassion. I might feel compassion to a point, but when it gets too active or too difficult, it might fade. And of course, I feel compassion for those who are closest to me, but what about those who are a little bit further removed? Being honest with you, I can find myself wanting to step back from suffering, kind of skate over the situation, bypass the inevitable messiness and difficulty of the situation. Sometimes I'm tired. I'm going through something myself, or I've just dealt with a different situation, and actually compassionate feels like too much um, to give it out again. There are times when I'm actually just unaware of the suffering that is around me. I'm focused, busy, head down, doing what I'm doing and not seeing this pain and suffering around me. And at other times, I'm simply indifferent to the pain and suffering around me. And I wonder if you relate to these thoughts and feelings, whether you can think of a time when you've definitely felt that way. And I'm hoping you can because I hope I'm not the only one who's feeling these ways. Some of you will be far more compassionate than I am. But we, as hard as it is to admit to ourselves, 
pain and suffering doesn't always draw us towards it. We don't always find ourselves attracted or moving towards the difficult situations. But Jesus, Jesus is different. Jesus is full of compassion. And we see it when we look at him and his life told through the Gospels and the Bible, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see it over and over again how he has compassion, how he moves towards the sin and suffering of those around him. Jesus really is full of compassion. And to illustrate this, we're going to speed through a small selection of times out of the many when Jesus had compassion and was moved by compassion in the Gospels. So we're going to go fast. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 36, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Jesus was a busy man. He was traveling to all these towns. He was preaching. He was proclaiming. He was healing. He wasn't just sat doing nothing. But every time he saw the crowds, he had compassion because he saw that they were harassed and helpless. Or as the New King James Version says, weary and scattered. And I don't know about you, but I feel that sense of weariness a lot these days. And here we're told that Jesus sees that and has compassion on those who feel that way. He moves towards us. And so if you're here today and you feel tired, you feel burdened, you feel weary, know that Jesus sees you, he has compassion on you, and he moves towards you. In Matthew 14, verses 13 to 14, it says, When Jesus heard what had happened, and what had happened was that his friend John the Baptist has just died, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Here in this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed those who were ill. It seems like a pretty normal response and fair response that Jesus wanted to withdraw, that he needed some space after finding out that someone he knew had died. But the crowds follow him. They disturb his peace. And Jesus, in the middle of his grief, sees these people and he has compassion on them. And instead of moving away from them, withdrawing, he moves towards them. Jesus doesn't get tired of the crowds constantly following him. And he doesn't get tired of us. You might feel like you're burdening Jesus. You might feel that he's got bigger problems to deal with. Or you might feel like you're pestering him when you come again with the same problem. But know that Jesus sees you. He loves you. And he has compassion for you and he moves towards you. In Luke 7, Jesus is walking into a town and there's a funeral procession going on. And the funeral is for the only son of a widow. So this means that this woman's husband has died, causing her to be a widow. And now her only son has died. And just alone, those two events would have been an awful situation for this woman. But at that time, the woman for this woman to be left without any men in her family left her in an incredibly vulnerable situation with no men to support or provide for her in that time that was incredibly vulnerable but Jesus has compassion this is what it says he does when the Lord saw her his heart went out to her and he said don't cry 
Then he went up and touched the bear where they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus had compassion on this woman. His heart went out to her. He sees the pain, the suffering, and the hopelessness of the situation for this woman. And he moves towards her and right into the center of the situation. He turns death into life. He takes a hopeless situation and completely turns it around and gives this woman hope. Are you in a hopeless situation today? Do you feel like it's just blow after blow and they just keep on coming? Are you feeling helpless and unsure of what is going to come towards you? Or Jesus sees you, his heart goes out to you, and he moves towards you. We see Jesus' compassion in Luke 18 when a blind man who is begging at the roadside calls out to Jesus as he passes by. And he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd rebukes him for shouting at him, at Jesus, and they they tell him to be quiet. And what does Jesus do? Well, it says, Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Now, for me, it's always felt like a bit of an odd question that Jesus asks this man. Surely the blind man wants to see, that's what he wants Jesus to do. But Jesus has compassion on him, and not just because he's blind. This man would have been ignored and silenced frequently as he sat begging at the roadside. And Jesus, in hearing his cries and in asking him that question, he gives this man a voice, he gives him value, and he gives him dignity. He shows the man that he is heard, that he is seen, and, that he, and then he goes on to heal him. Maybe you feel like no one's listening to you, like you don't have a voice. Or maybe you feel ignored or disregarded because of your circumstances. Well, know that Jesus sees you, he hears you, he has compassion on you, and he moves towards you. It happens with the woman who was bleeding for 12 years in Luke 8. Jesus is on his way to heal a dying girl. And with the crowd, as Luke puts it, it's crushing in, it's a... It's a big crowd. And this woman, she pushes her way through the crowd. She reaches Jesus and she touches out and touches his cloak. And instantly she is healed. Wonderful. Problem solved, miracle done, illness gone, suffering ended. But Jesus, he stops. And he asked, who touched me? In that moment, he calls this woman out. And this woman probably does not want to be called out. Because of her condition, she would have been classed as unclean and not wanted in that crowd. But Jesus knew the deeper pain of this woman. He would have seen the loneliness and the shame that she would have felt because of her condition. And he speaks directly into it. Moved by compassion, he calls her out and he says, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Jesus calls this woman daughter, and with that simple word, he speaks directly into her identity, saying that she is known, that she is accepted, and that she is loved. 
If you feel alone today, if you feel ashamed or unloved or unlovable, Jesus moves towards you, he has compassion for you, and he calls you his son or daughter. No shame is too much for Jesus, no hurt is too deep, no situation is too messy or too difficult that it causes him to pass by unmoved. In Mark chapter 1, a man with leprosy comes up to Jesus asking for healing. And because of the contagious nature of leprosy, this man would have been a complete outcast, unable to be in normal society. And in fact, any association with someone with leprosy would have in turn made you unclean and you an outcast. But most, so most people for this man would have avoided this man at all costs. If he came up to them, they would step back and move away from him. But Jesus, it says, Jesus was indignant. And a lot of manuscripts will actually have this as Jesus was filled with compassion. And he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched this man, touched him despite his leprosy. How long had this man gone without physical touch? How often did people step back from him, repulsed by or afraid of him? Can you imagine it? Never being touched, people physically stepping back from you. For some of you, you might have experienced that. And for others, you might have realized the power and the need for physical touch and for proximity during lockdowns and when we had to social distance. What must it have been like for this man as Jesus reached out and touched him when he healed him? What emotional healing must that touch have done aside from the physical healing? If you feel isolated or rejected or like people step back from you or avoid you, know that Jesus doesn't. He doesn't reject or pull back from you. He is filled with compassion for you and he moves towards you. Jesus over and over again moves towards the hurting, the suffering, the shamed, the lonely and the hopeless. His compassion for the 4,000 who had been with him for three days and were hungry moved him to feed them. His compassion for the woman who had five failed marriages meant that he moved towards her and spoke to her, seeing her desire for something that will satisfy, and he showed her that he is the one she was longing for. His compassion for Martha with all her worries and her upsets means that he responds to her in love, even though she basically tells him off. Because of compassion, Jesus weeps with the very same Martha and her sister Mary at the tomb of their brother Lazarus, even though Jesus knows that in a moment he will raise Lazarus back to life. It is compassion that moves Jesus towards Thomas as he doubts that Jesus has risen and wants physical proof. And in compassion, Jesus says, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand, put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus is full of compassion. He is, it feels it so deeply at the core of who he is because he's the perfect human being, the only one who never sinned. He is never too busy or too tired for, to feel compassion. 
He is never indifferent to the suffering that he sees around him and sees in our world or repulsed by it. No situation is too messy or too difficult for him. He doesn't step away from the sin and suffering. He doesn't hide his face from it. Jesus' deepest impulse and instinct, because of his deep and perfect compassion, is to move towards the suffering, towards the hurting, the broken, the lost, the weary, the outcasts, the grieving, the voiceless, the sinners of this world, to move towards you and to me. His greatest desire is to restore, to forgive and heal us, to bring us life and to bring us joy and peace, to take our hopeless situation and turn it around and give us hope. We see it etched throughout his life and bookending either side of his time on earth. It was because of his deep compassion for us that he became human. He saw the sin and the suffering in the world and instead of being repulsed by it or being indifferent to it, he stepped into it. He made the greatest move towards us and left heaven and became human to live on earth, to live among the sin and the pain in our world. It was his love so deep, his compassion so strong that led him to the cross, to be beaten and flogged and killed so that we could live. He took on our sin and our shame so that we could be forgiven and made right with God to spend eternity with him in heaven where there is no more mourning, there is no more death, there is no more pain, and there is no more crying. We looked at the wonder of Jesus, of what Jesus did on the cross a couple of weeks ago when Ellie spoke. And do go back and listen to that talk. Do not miss the incredible power of of the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross for you and for me. Jesus is full of compassion, And it wasn't just for the time when he was on earth or on the cross. He is still filled with compassion today. He is still moved with compassion for you and for me. Jesus doesn't change. His compassion doesn't run out or stop or run dry. He hasn't grown weary or tired of being compassionate, of moving towards those who are suffering. He still has compassion on the harassed and the helpless. He still weeps with the grieving and those who are lonely, just as he wept with those at Lazarus's tomb. He still hears and values the voices of those who feel unheard just, or sidelined, just like he did with the blind man. He reaches out and embraces the outcasts. He calls the lonely. He takes the load off the burdened and he, he has compassion for us and he's still moving towards the broken and the suffering moving towards you and me. His deepest desire is to still reach out and embrace the sick, to restore the broken and to forgive the sinners and give us life. And I wonder how you're doing today. I think we can be pretty quick sometimes in our society to kind of put up a wall, brave face on, just push through. But actually... We're in need of his compassion. We're in need of Jesus and to experience his compassion for ourselves. Are you suffering today? Do you feel weary? Do you feel alone or ashamed? Did you struggle to sing those lines in the last song we sang about how good God is because you just can't see it and you want to see God's compassion move but you're not quite sure it's there? 
Are you thinking, that's great for the person next to me, but actually that's not for me. Jesus' compassion doesn't reach me. It does. Jesus' compassion is for each one of us, and he is still moving today. And in a moment, we're going to invite God to come and move in his compassion. But just before we do, I just want to talk to those of you who might have resonated with me when I said, I just feel like I lack compassion sometimes. And if we know and are followers of Jesus, then we're called to be like him and we're called to be moved by the same compassion that he's moved by. But we don't need to beat ourselves up about our lack of compassion or kind of strive to make ourselves feel more compassionate or um, do it all in our own strength. We can only be moved by the same compassion that Jesus has because we've first experienced his compassion for us. It is out of knowing the depths of his compassion for us that we are able to be compassionate to others. And we learn how to be compassionate from Jesus by sitting at his feet. And that's what we're going to do now. I'm going to stop talking and we're going to wait on God. We're going to wait in the silence. I'm not going to invite the band up just yet. And we're just going to wait and sit at his feet and see what he does. As I was preparing this, I really felt that God wants to come in close to some people who are in desperate need of knowing his compassion. God wants to speak into and heal some scars and hurts with his compassion. And for some, it might be that he just wants to give you a fresh dose of his compassion so that when you leave today, you are full of his compassion to go out to the world. And it might feel a little bit odd or uncomfortable for you as we sit in the silence, but I encourage you to push through, to speak to God, to invite him into the circumstances that you're facing. I did this with a friend recently, and we put a timer for 10 minutes. And for probably about five minutes of that time, I thought, okay, God, what if you you don't speak? What if you don't turn up? What's going to do? How do I get out of this? And as I quieted my mind, God did speak, and he did turn up. And so I encourage you to close your eyes. I'm going to pray. And then we're just going to wait and see what God wants to do. Jesus, I thank you for your great compassion. God, I thank you for just continuing to be moved by compassion for us. Jesus, I thank you for the compassion and the love for us that you felt that let you go to the cross and pay that price. And God, I thank you that you are here and that you are still moved by compassion towards each one of us. Our Holy Spirit, I invite you in, come and be at work as we wait on you. Amen.